Welcome to Conversations on Coast Access Radio. In this program we have conversations with people about their interests, their lives, the things that motivate and excite them. So relax and enjoy this conversation. Here on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM, Tanya Ellis here for the Conversations program. And Graham Joy's good on him, has lumped me in the deep end again. But he said, this is something that you'll know a lot about. I've got Julie and Julia coming in, and they're going to talk about clothes, he said. And then he looked horrified at me. And I said, well, you know me, I'm an avid op shopper. And he said, oh, this will be up your alley because these two women, these two clever women have come together to upcycle clothes. So I've got to welcome to the studio Julie and Julia into Coast Access Radio. Hiya. Thank you. Hi. Yeah, well, it was really cool to have you here. I was just saying to Julie, I walk past your shop every day and I'm a total Lavinian, right? I drive from Levin to Mahara Place, I go to work and then I go home and I'm a bit sort of blinkered. But I am fascinated by your bloomers, your undies in the window. Oh, yeah. And I think I must go in because I keep seeing racks out the front of very cool clothes as well. Now, tell me, are these clothes new? Are they refashioned? Uh, what are they about? What are you guys about? They are recycled, they are upcycled, they are new items made from recycled materials. So we are about trying to minimalise waste and to use what is already available. Well, fast fashion seems to be a term that's come out lately um, that I've seen everywhere. And I was saying to Graham, my understanding of fast fashion is where you go to somewhere like the warehouse or Kmart and you get a million t-shirts that all look the same made by somebody in a sweatshop in Bangladesh or China or or whatever and you think about how many litres of water make one singlet or one t-shirt so I guess you guys in the industry that you're in you've already had this discussion you've already had these thoughts and you think right how can we make something that's unique make something that's old go a little bit further and quirkier how did you come to this decision uh, you hit on a few key points there um we uh I did a talk a, a, a couple of weeks ago about uh, you know, has your has the T-shirt that you've bought been to more countries than you have? And um, when we start looking at how our T-shirt is put together and where it's manufactured, pesticides, water, waste pesticides, rates, pesticides in cotton, huge pesticides. Well, I guess because cotton is a plant, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's sprayed, but then once it's made, is that pesticide still through the the workings of the fabric? Absolutely. See the things before you don't you know. To wash it before you wear it. <laughs> so it affects the the growers of the cotton as well as the the, the people that are uh, sorting the cotton, the people that are making the cotton fabric. I mean, it's a it's just a continuous cycle of of uh, chemicals, really. That's really scary. I didn't know yeah. that. And I was talking yeah. to you both off here, saying I'm an ex registered nurse, mm. and actually that's quite horrific. My dad was in the Vietnam War. I'm going yeah. on a tangent, but yeah. Agent Orange was sprayed as, you know, as a defoliant. Yeah. It's yeah. not too dissimilar in I the mean, clothing world. That's scary. It's it's in it's, it's in our hidden. lives. Yeah, yeah. A bit yeah. yeah, it's in everybody's yeah. lives. I don't think we anyone is really fully aware. It's shocking, and it's quite scary because, 
I mean, you know, we're talking about illnesses and, you know, people that struggle with, um, you know, their bodies that aren't working properly. It's mm. because of all of these things. I mean, it's not just in our fabric, and that's another story. <laughs> it's in our food as well, yeah. but hey, Fair you know, um, we're just talking about clothes and, and fabric now, aren't we? So, And then there's the... the the the, um, the emissions piece, which is around transport. So, if you think about that t-shirt jumping from Bangladesh to in, uh, to India, um, then on a ship out to New Zealand, and and all the emissions that we sort of are creating from just a a thirty dollar t-shirt landing here, um, you start to really open your eyes about um, the cost of a of of a t-shirt on our planet. And and as we talked about before this, you know, you wear it for a season and chuck it out because mm. they're cheap, so you go and get another one. Mm. And um, so we've lost that value around clothes that we used to have. Yeah, um, they have lost their value. Yeah. That's right, because really? clothes used to be handed down through the family, didn't you? If you were the youngest, it was a bit of a bummer because you never got anything new. They were handed down from your sisters or brothers, even jerseys and stuff, and, and people mended. My yeah. dad knew how to darn socks. Yes, exactly. Yeah. My dad, you know, it's a bit yeah. of a shock. Yeah. yeah, so I think that also the quality of the clothes has lessened hugely. Oh, yeah. So then they aren't being made properly. You know, you you buy something that doesn't cost much. The buttons fall off, or you know, there's th- there's loose threads. I mean, we are often repairing seams, and we can see yep. that they actually weren't constructed properly from the start. <laughs> so no wonder they've come apart, right? Yeah, someone's and, overlocked an edge where it hasn't actually met anyway, and it was never going to yeah, adhere. That's right. Yeah. But but you know, we are used to it. We have become accustomed to that, paying less and not really understanding the value and the quality in that garment that you're paying less for. So it's not lasting very long. It is wearing out and, or you know, falls apart rather than wearing out, you know, Mm. due to being worn lots. What do you do with old clothes as well? Because I recently moved house and because I'm such an avid op shopper, I go past op shops and if I see something that looks pretty or it's a bargain, I have to buy it. So I am sort of guilty on the other side of that um, from buying too many recycled clothes. But then I have a garage sale and trying to get rid of them and then I put the leftovers back in a a, a bin to go to another op shop. But a lot of the time these clothes have got to a point where they're not resellable anymore. So then when do they go? Because I feel incredibly guilty putting clothing or shoes into a bin to be buried into landfill. You're not alone. Not alone with that guilt. I think we all don't know what to do with it. It's it's not quite good enough for an op shop. Sneak it in the bin, a little bit of guilt. Um, There's a big gap there in terms of what we do with, you know, how do we access those materials and recycle them because people are almost too ashamed to sort of say that they're throwing them out so they just go in, in the bin. Mm. Um, and equally the same with, um, with with op shops. They get a lot of stuff that they just, you know, what are they meant to do with it? It's not resellable, so it needs to go somewhere. I think it's become too hard for a lot of people and that's why they go around to the op shops when there's no one near and they, they put some good stuff but yeah. they put that rubbish underneath and yeah. like, they'll get rid yeah. of it. But yeah. it, it's costing someone. And it's costing the planet. Mm. We it's are actually, I accept donations of jeans that have passed their use-by date. So if they've got holes or, 
whatever in them we use all the stuff we can so we reuse the zips and we use as much fabric as we can and piece them together and making reusable things you know there's a few things that we make like oven cloths and peg aprons and, and full aprons and things like that so and I'm still trying to work on new items to try and you know recycle that and I've also been extending this into t-shirts as well cotton t-shirts so cutting them up and making them into new fabric and then making them into garments I mean it, it restricts I mean it, it reduces the amount you're wasting but you're still wasting some like there is still yeah. a, there is still waste there yeah but you're not throwing away 100% of an old t-shirt to buy a new one you know yes. knowing me with a white t-shirt yes. there's a big splodge of yeah. ketchup somewhere where that middle yeah. roll is so you know you could probably cut that out and then put a really cool silver panel or something it's exactly in. what Julia yeah. does yeah yeah Right. I find a lot of garments that have just got one thing wrong with it. It's either a stain on the front, the collar's usually gone, buttons are missing, you know, the, um, the garment's still in reasonably good nick. It's just either sitting in an op shop because no one wants to buy it with a stain mm. on it, um, mm. or, you know, that might be slightly out of style, so it might need a little bit of zhuzhing up. Um, but... It, it's it's not a difficult process to do that. As you say, it might need a new panel, might need some new buttons, it might need the seams re-sewed, re mm. and then it's actually good to go again. And, um, yeah, I've, um, people have really been uh, starting to get that aspect that um, that piece of clothing can have another life. It's, yeah. It um, doesn't need to just go to the bin. It can... Uh, it can be remade or reborn into something completely new, either cut up and made into a new garment or or um, mended for a new life. And, um, yeah, people like the story behind that. When we're talking to people at the markets, they're like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how long have you two known each other? Uh, well, I've, I've been in business for just over a year. Mm -hmm. So it was about a year ago that I walked into Julie's shop with a whole pile of jackets and things that I wanted mending and sort of just said help, <laughs> really. Um, you know, uh, cards on the table I can't sew. Um, uh, it's just not really my thing, but I, I'm quite good at design and I'm good at sourcing. Oh, so you do the design. <laughs> right. Okay. Julia designs these amazing garments yeah. from existing garments. Now, you can't tell... You know, they just look like designer garments. And these are, that's what we call upcycling because she's made something uh, up, up market. Is that a word? Upscale? Yeah, I, know I don't know. And she's um, made them look so incredible. And she Julie has this great following of ladies that just absolutely love her stuff. I know... Um, there's a couple of ladies that have bought four of her, four of her pieces in this time. And it's only been, and, and that's in, in the time that um, you've had your clothes in, in my shop, which has only been a few months. It's only been a couple of months, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there were ladies coming back going, I just love this, I love what Julia does, you know. And, and that is, it's so amazing for me because... People are actually understanding this process. They know that they understand the process, but they're excited about it because we are reusing and remaking. 
Well, exactly, because, you know, when you used to go shopping, and I'm sort of, it's a stereotypical idea of a view I'm giving you here, of the, the, the woman comes home with the, the shopping bags and she thinks, well, can't let the husband see these, we'll leave yeah. them in the car or hide them in the garage or something. You don't have to feel guilty about doing that now because no, you're actually a, doing something good. It's a positive yeah. statement that you're making. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And so... Um, when Julia first came in, I, as I was saying earlier, I was really excited by it because her ideas were so fresh, and and they look uh, they look like nothing I've seen before, but they're not really out there. They're not out there in a way that they look wacky or anything. They just look really, really stylish. Is this the rack that you have out the front of the shop? Oh, that's the that's the sale rack. Out the oh, I always look at the sales rack when I go past. <laughs> and you know what? I did think about a week ago when I went past, there was a nice sort of short white blouse with a turquoise and pink. I don't know. It was sort of like a butterflies or something, but it was quite short. Mm. And I thought, oh, 20 years ago, I might have worn that, you know. Yeah. But that's what I thought when I looked at this rack. And it was only a small rack being the sales rack. Anybody, any age range could have worn that you know depending on their figure but yeah you, you weren't yeah. you're not catering to the 50 to 60s or the 20 to 30s anyone can come along yeah. and get a one-off unique yeah. designer type of piece I think this is yeah. great because you might have started out with a t-shirt that was say AS color but now it's been judged up so it's better than the original t-shirt and I guess no two pieces are ever going to be the same are they no, they're not. Yeah, how cool. <laughs> yeah, that's probably. I've, I've, I don't know where this comes from, but I, um, I do like unique things. And if I, if I ever bought something and I walked along the road and I saw somebody else wearing it, I used to go off the thing. I don't know why that yeah. is, but it was like when I, when I wear clothes, I, I, I like it to be an expression of me. Yeah, and I don't want that person also expressing that it's yeah. really weird so the one of a kind thing is has really appealed to be able to take something and go right well what is you know this garment speaking to me what is it saying what does it need and 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 then finding the right person who walks in Julie's shop and goes that's the piece for me it's just yeah yeah, it's, that's that's the thing. That's it's the it's nice finding thing. the right combination. We were talking about this the other day, weren't we? Yeah. It's got to be the right color, the right size, the right sort of shape, the right fabric for to be the right per, to fit the right person. Mm -hmm. And it's got to, it. It's just for that person that buys it. Mm -hmm. yeah. When I go to a op shop, I yeah. go along the racks and I go looking at patterns or colors or textures. Yes. And then I, I find something I like and then I pull it out and go, oh, size eight, put it back. But I go along and I wait for something to jump out at me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to look for black pants. I yes. will even go along jerseys and just, ooh, you know. That's might, it. Might see the, something the, you the like. piece that speaks to you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So mm. what's your background, Julia? Um, you said you don't sew. How, how did you get this? <laughs> how, did, how did you get into this line of work then? Have you always been interested in designing and creating? I've uh, always been interested in fashion. And, and I think, you know, the, my own journey is um, I, I like to... You know, I'm, a, I'm of the generation where glassons arrived and, you know... That was amazing, you know. All of a sudden, you could buy clothes that were affordable, and uh, so I leapt into fast fashion like a duck to water, really. Yeah. Um, but over the years, it, it sort of scaled scaled back as I've kind of wanted that more individual look to you know what I'm wearing, and 
and uh, started veering more towards New Zealand um, designers, you know, for a while, and then recycled, and and here we are. Mm. But um, yeah, uh, my my background's actually in radio, so it's good to be oh, back. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> feels quite quite uh surreal well it's something about being in the padded room again (laughs) great comfort remind me to take that funny white jacket off for you when you leave (laughs) feels comfortable uh but and this this idea had been um bubbling away for a while and i was playing around with it uh probably about six months before COVID hit last year. So, mm. yeah, so I'm a COVID business, so born out of COVID. Um, just mm. that, that you know, when we look back at last year, everything changed and all of a sudden it's like, well, what do you actually want to do? And uh, this was sitting right in front of me, so I decided to give it a go. And you didn't know Julie at all? You just walked into her shop and... Just walked on in. Far said, out. Can you do this, 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 and this? <laughs> well, you obviously your passions and your your interests align because as soon as you, I've never met either of you before today, and when you walk in, I can see that you've you've got a bond. There's something between you that you're both passionate about, the same sort of thing. So tell me, where is this story going? Have you got? Are you going to have a business together, or you're obviously looking for bigger premises at the moment? We are looking for a space that is just retail. Yeah. And it'll it'll be something that speaks all about. I don't really want to say the word recycling, but I want to say, what's the word I want to say? It's about design and, yeah. and yeah. Um, recycling can sound a bit dirge. Eh? Yeah, you want that, it because you it. want to have this awesome looking space with your pieces individually set out so that you can see them rather than yeah, all I mean, together. I suppose that, I mean, we're talking about um, helping people to be aware that the clothes are made from everything that's available. Um, everything is made from found items or it's found items rather than um, importing a whole lot of fabric from China and making up a whole lot of clothes and, you know, them being, you know, having a whole run of them, that sort of thing. We want to sort of make everything seem like a, every every piece, as we were talking about before, has a story and there there is a story behind it. For example, I've just finished making some what I call drape dungarees, that the word drape comes from the word curtain, yes. so drapes or curtains, because um, I found a whole lot of um, like 1980s uh, curtain fabric, which is all beautiful cotton fabric, but it's Brilliant. all florals and that sort of thing. Yeah. So then there's a story, so I can trace back where I got the fabric from, where it was made at my sewers in Paraparam, and you know the, the ladies in the shop will, will be able to tell the story. And I think that once we are in a proper full retail shop, the story will be really clear. And we'll be able to trace every single garment back like that. So nothing, you know, everything stays in our community. Everything is from our community and it's for our community. While you're telling me that, I just, and I'm not a technological person at all, but I just had this idea, maybe in the future, you know those silly QR codes that we've got to scan? Yeah. Imagine if, 
you know, inside your dungarees or your clothes or your yes. whatever, you have your little yes. label. If you had one of those, and you, when you scan it, you go, oh, I've got the whole story about how yeah, these were made. This. And that I came love from. this. It's exactly yeah. the, the thing. That's exactly the message. Yeah. I mean, it's like we are being encouraged to shop locally and to, to shop small and mm. to support our local businesses. And that is exactly what we, the essence of what we do, really. Mm. I mean, we're always we're always talking about the global impact as well, and saving things from going to waste and that sort of thing, well, that, as that, well. That's it, because if we compare, you know, our manufacturing footprint, which is the fabric comes from Capiti, it's manufactured Capiti, labels Capiti, you know, all the accessories come from here and it's mm. sold here, mm. and we compare that to Bangladesh, India, you mm. know, freight shipping, you know, that that in itself, that's a success story around reducing carbon emissions that's that's huge for us yeah, it is, yeah. and people yeah. particularly in Capiti they, they get the sustainability thing they want it they're um, keen to help where they can in terms of making this place beautiful so yeah. I think yeah. we're pretty lucky to to be here in terms yeah. of a community that is actually willing to support us mm, I agree with that I agree with that yeah so how are people finding out about you? How do they know about you yet? Because I'm thinking the younger generation, because they're a little bit more experimental, I think, than like my mother, who's from the, no offence, mum, from the Jean Jones age or Trump's in Palmerston yes, North with your yes. Danielle Hashtag jacket, <laughs> shoulder pads and so forth. I think the younger, like the Sophie Hanfords and the younger generations are, are, are more em- embracing um, Things that are looking after the planet as well as different original pieces where I used to be dressed head to toe in Nike in 1991 some oh, yes. form, you know? <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. these days. Yeah. So who who are you trying to – I mean, how are you marketing this? How how are you getting out there besides being on Coast Access Radio? <laughs> of course. <laughs> we, do have, um, we do have a lot of followers on, on our social media, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. And the markets are really good for, for that because we do – a market in uh, Lower Hutt, Upper Hutt, Wellington. There's one in Capity in November, 27th of November. Yeah, it's Check called it the My Walk in Wardrobe Sustainable Fashion Market. Oh, I have to write that down. My Walk in Wardrobe. Hmm. Now, where can we find details about that? Uh, there's a website, mywalkinwardrobe.co.nz. Oh, look at that. Easy. Right. That okay. one's for you, Katie. <laughs> the lovely lady who organised them. <laughs> um, but th- those particularly, uh, we see a lot of young people um, coming through there because they are into that op shopping mm. yeah, cycle. Yeah, they get it. And they do, they get it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they, they do love a one-off piece. Absolutely. But what I'm finding interesting is there is no age here. You know, like we are selling things to elderly people, we are selling things to 20-somethings. And, you know, and, and not even just 20-somethings, I won't even, I will even go as far as, say, teenagers because we have teenagers with their, with their mums mm. coming and looking and they're really into all of this as well. So, I mean, there is no age limit, I don't think. No. I think it, it's, you know, most of my customers, if, if I talk to them, they, you know, they're already recycling their, their plastic. They are growing you know, vegetables, and yeah. they're probably cleaning up the beach on a Sunday from, you know, rubbish. So they're, yeah. they're interested, you know, they have a vested interest in doing their little bit. And um, so quite often when people come across me, they're like, this is great because I didn't know how to 
be sustainable, you know, how else I could be sustainable with my clothes other than an op shop. So that's, that's a really good point. They want to be a part of it. People yeah. want to be a part of it. They do. Yeah. They really want to be a part of the movement. Yeah. And they still want to have cool clothes. Yes. But they don't want to feel guilty about it. And they want something that doesn't look like the other person down the street because, oh, hang on, they look better at that than me. So they want something that's yeah. individual. So uh, someone was saying the other day, it's like sustainable fashion does not mean that you have to wear neutral beige coloured linen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to wear a sack. I love the imagery. Yeah, yeah. I know. You must wear hemp. All yeah. The same Yes. And look very washed out with a plain <laughs> effect on your face, like Ooh. no makeup, no makeup, no makeup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be boring. No, no. And uh, that I've recently been watching that Great British Sewing Bee. You know, oh yeah, fabulous. And the host was talking about that. There's enough fabric on the planet already to clothe the next six generations. And you know that to me is incredible. Like, yeah. That's awful. Yeah. You think of all the energy that's gone into making that fabric and dyeing that fab- fabric. Not just fabric, though. And what about the clothes? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. We already have enough. There's already enough. And we're, we're manufacturing like crazy. Why? Why are we doing this? There's who, demand. Who, There's who, demand for it. Who? People are buying it. Why? Exactly. Do you know, I? this is embarrassing. I can't believe I'm going to say it on air. When I moved house, I put all my clothes into a rubbish bag and took them to the new house. Yeah. I still haven't sorted out the spare room we moved on the 10th of September. 20 black rubbish sacks of just clothes. And I had three upright drawers as well. Yeah. I can help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a service called a wardrobe clear out. <laughs> it's two hours. <laughs> uh, you're not alone. It, it, it actually, it got to the point where I thought my mum and my partner were joking, but they said, you need an intervention, you have a problem. And I said, I know, because I used to love buying clothes when I was a teenager, but they were more expensive clothes. And now I feel, oh, well, I'm okay, I'm only spending $10 at the op shop, I'm buying two things, but I'm still buying things. Obviously, I'm not finding exactly what I want, yes. and I'm just buying more and more, yes. and then I forget, I've got things. And yeah. you go through and it's like Christmas, but then it doesn't usually fit as well. So Yeah. What is the answer? What do we need to do? The answer is... Do we is, stop importing? Yes, definitely. Definitely. But the, the, I think another thing that we, we don't realise is that we are creating the demand. So if we stop buying it, we stop buying the stuff, $10 T-shirt, $20 jeans, um, you know, if we stop buying, it's going to stop the demand. So hopefully lessen the demand. Well, that's and that is the big question. We're so used to, if I need a new T-shirt, I might go into farmers and pick up a couple of T-shirts for summer, and that's just that's our natural buying habits. So, you know, I suppose what we're trying to do is just to get people to actually stop and think. Okay, right, I might need a new T-shirt. Maybe I go back and check out what I've already got because that's the most sustainable wardrobe we have is what we've already got. Yeah, mm. and have a look and think. Oh, maybe I could dye that or maybe I could you know get that restyled and made into something new or take it into I was gonna say could people bring things into you like I just said if I've got a white t-shirt that I'm like I love this white t-shirt makes my arms look good but it's got a big splodge in the middle can you do something with it 
Absolutely. Oh, brilliant. So you yeah. could do that. Oh, yeah. my goodness. We better not say that too much. You so might have 100 easy. commission pieces all at once. <laughs> <laughs> but quite often it's something simple, but people wouldn't know what simple is to yeah. make it still look like a T-shirt rather than it look like you've stuck something on the front. To, yeah. Because you know, <laughs> yeah. there is design in it. it, it, it Absolutely. It needs to have design to, to you know, to look right. Personalising your clothes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's it. And then so, you know, maybe there's nothing in there, so then the next option would be to look at, you know, who who's actually selling sustainable stuff. You know, pop into Julie's shop, see what she's got. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are a, a lot of brands now who are making a significant effort around what they're doing in terms of supply chains and the quality. And um, so it's worth asking some questions and, and having a look. Start that conversation, and we're just about out of time, so... What you really want to know is if somebody's got premises out there that they can We're looking lease. for something that just feels right, aren't we? Yeah. We've been looking and nothing has sort of worked out very well. We're looking okay. for a sustainable space where people could come in and watch us working and putting things together and understand the process and... Be involved. Be, involved. be a part of it. See, yeah. see what we're up to. Bring in your clothes and say, what can you do with this? You know, you two are not too dissimilar to artists, really. It's like when you go on an art trail and you watch an artist making something. You're creative people and you're doing something great for the planet. Yeah. So where's your shop, Julie? I know where it is. Tell those people who are listening. It's in Mahara Place. It's number six. And Waikanae, because remember, we broadcast worldwide. So Waikanae on the Kapiti Coast, on the west coast of New Zealand in the North Island. So come and see Julie Hunter. And Julia, what's your surname? Uh, Hickton. Julia Hickton. Now, these guys are a formidable team. They're going to save the planet one T-shirt at a time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it's been fabulous to have you, and I wish you all the best. If you want to come back and tell us about how things are progressing in a few months, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you. We will. You've been listening to Conversations on Coast Access Radio. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Conversations on Coast Access Radio, a program where we talk with people about their lives, their passions, their interests. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand on air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you New Zealand on air.